Welcome to Homeschool Your Way, the upbeat, open-minded podcast that informs and affirms your choices about your kids' education. We'll provide a buffet of ideas to inspire you to homeschool your way, because your way is the best way. All of the content on the Homeschool Your Way podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical or legal advice. The views expressed by the hosts or guests of the show are not necessarily endorsed by Bookshark. Well, hey, friends, welcome to another episode of Homeschool Your Way. We are your hosts, Jimena and Didi, also known as the Chips and Salsa Ladies from Chips and Salsa Homeschooling. We're so glad you're here with us. It's that time of year when people are deciding what to do next year. A lot of people were forced, quote unquote, to homeschool with the pandemic and are excited for their lives to go back to normal with their kids in school. However, there were some that loved their experience and they may be considering continuing homeschooling. So we thought it would be a great idea to talk about homeschool myths because believe it or not, a lot of these myths are the very reason some parents are afraid to try homeschooling. So we're here to put your mind at ease. Mm-hmm. But first, we're going to have our hack of the week. This week's hack comes from Daniela, who's one of our Instagram followers. She says, if weekly planning, do it on Saturday at the latest, because frazzle plus impending doom is a no-no. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Daniela. It's so true. Yeah, we always say plan to plan. So whatever day that is that you want to plan, yeah, make sure it's not last minute because it does not feel good when you're frazzled. It doesn't always feel good to fly by the seat of your pants (laughs) every Monday morning. No, it does not. Well, we'd love to hear your homeschool parenting life hack. Visit us at bookshark.com slash podcast to share. All right, well, let's get down to our topic of today, homeschool myths. There are a lot of homeschool misconceptions and myths, but we chose just kind of what we feel are the top six, right? The ones that are most common. So we're going to dive into these. We're going to just discuss them. And then on our next segment, we are going to debunk them. So don't go away. All right. So our first homeschool myth is you are a parent and not a teacher, and you're not qualified to teach your children. Yeah, I think also being with our kids all day is going to be horrible, impossible, can't do it, don't have the patience, whatever you want to fill in there. Right. But I think a lot of people are scared because they now have a responsibility to teach their children everything that's taught in school. And so, you know, there's this misconception that you have to be uh, certified or get some sort of certification. I get that question a lot. I don't know if you do, but are you qualified? Are you certified? Do you go through some sort of program? Mm. You know? Well, I think the idea that you have to be um, qualified or a pro at every subject, right? So while I may be capable of doing kindergarten uh, math, (laughs) I may or may not be capable of doing high school math or even junior high Um, Common Core, Um, do I really know all of my literary terms and terminology? Am I going to pass on some false information to my kids? Right. (laughs) And are you going to remember everything you were taught in school? Well, are they going to be 
good writers if I'm the one reading their writing and I'm terrible. (laughs) I mean, these are all very legitimate fears. So I can see why this is, you know, a big problem and a big misconception for people. Yeah, well, if you think, okay, I want my kids to be a musician, but I'm going to self-teach them and I can't play an instrument, (laughs) then you probably are going to say you're unqualified. Yeah. So, understandable. Our number two myth is homeschool kids don't get as good of an education as traditional schooled children. Yeah. Well, I've heard it a lot of times. I even heard of, um, I had a friend who was like, oh, my friend thought she there was only four continents. Poor homeschooled friend or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, What? So, you know, I've heard these jokes a lot about Mm. how, you know, they don't know stuff and, oh, they must have been homeschooled. Oh, wow. Well, I think it goes along with number one, right? If you're not qualified, um, if you're not getting a qualified education, then maybe you're going to have a lot of gaps. And with the professionals, they have a list of everything that you're supposed to be taught. And they have, like, textbooks that come from the... Where do these textbooks come from? <laughs> the state. Mm, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, number three is homeschoolers have a hard time getting into college. Also legitimate fear. Well, yeah, because, you know, a lot of homeschoolers, if you're independent, then all of the prerequisites, all of the transcripting, the grades, that's all coming from the parent. Yeah, and making sure that you have the right credits. And are they prepared? Do they know how to take tests? Do they know how to write essays? All that kind of thing. Well, and is the college going to see your homeschooled transcript and think it's legitimate? Like, are they going to weigh your homeschooled math class as valuable as your, you know, local school? Yeah. Number four, that homeschool kids miss out on sports and on other important social activities, even like plays and um, prom dances. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is also huge because I know my kids want to play sports and they're so talented. So having those opportunities that traditional school gives you is kind of a big deal. Yeah. And it's, it is definitely something that parents wonder, like, oh, well, they're going to miss out on the whole uh, high school experience, or they're going to miss out on the middle school experience, and, you know, walking down the halls, and everything you see in movies, you know, the lockers, and... Boyfriends. <laughs> and mean girls. <laughs> and what else do you miss out on? Cafeteria food. <laughs> Myth number five is... Homeschool kids are sheltered and unsocialized. Well, and therefore weird, right? Right. Well, who are they socializing with? Their parents and their siblings. (laughs) Well, I I mean, even recently somebody told me that, like, oh, no, homeschoolers are just weird. Every homeschooler I know is weird. Every homeschooler I know, they're nerds. So, no, I'm not homeschooling my kids. So it's still a really big misconception and a really big myth. I mean, even some of our close friends have said stuff like that to us. Yeah. Well, I always find it just so interesting when you characterize a whole group of people by some preconceived idea you have. You know, like 
every homeschooler cannot possibly be exactly the same. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, that myth, I think, is kind of blown up. Yeah. Maybe from experience people had with actual homeschoolers, but maybe it's just from media or movies. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of times we see like the Amish, you know, that homeschool or big, huge families like the Duggards or, you know, people that don't live a quote unquote normal life. And these are the people that are homeschooling. Therefore, homeschooling equals weird. Yeah, I can see that, I guess, where you just if you don't have anything to base your idea on, you base it off of what you've seen. Yeah. I mean, what, before I started homeschooling, I didn't really know what homeschoolers looked like, but I knew they were different. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, that's different. Yeah. Well, homeschool myth number six, homeschool is expensive. Uh, if you have to have a homeschool room, you're going to need to buy all of the books and supplies yourself. Expenses can roll in pretty quick. You need a couple laptops. You need expensive curriculum. You need a bunch of supplies, all this stuff. Well, and your state is paying through your tax dollars for your traditional local school. And and you're not getting any money. Yeah, and you're choosing to not take advantage of that and take all the responsibility, expense, you know, all that stuff on yourself. You know, why why do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and books. Let's not forget Mm -hmm. about books. Now, let me tell you, I've been spending a pretty penny on Kindle books because not, you know, the library doesn't have all of them. Mm-hmm. And my son is a bookworm and he's like, mom, please, this book, this book. I don't even want to look back and see how much I've spent on books. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I utilize the library a lot Yeah, for books. But you're right. Every book is not available. And I know your son loves extracurricular reading. Yeah. So it does add up. Yeah. So it can be true, but as a whole, though, it's a myth, and we're going to tell you why when we come back from break. Bookshark was the best thing I've done for myself and my kids. That's what Dana said. And Tracy says, I definitely regret not starting Bookshark sooner. It has been such a great fit for our family. I couldn't agree more, Jimena. I have loved Bookshark so much. Me too. So friends, if you're wondering how you can jump on this Bookshark bandwagon, well, you can start by heading to bookshark.com. On the Bookshark website, you can request a free print catalog. So fun to browse a real magazine. Yes. Download samples and see scope and sequence charts of what's taught at each level. There's also a blog at bookshark.com blog with hundreds of articles written by dozens of authors. The Bookshark site just has so much free information about how to teach your kids at home, whether you use Bookshark or not. Well, here's another example. You can get free unit studies and try out the Bookshark way of literature-based learning at bookshark.com slash freebies. And Dee, you know how much I love unit studies. Me too. The new unit study for 2021 is about volcanoes. Yay! Well, let me share just two more quotes. Jill says, we switched to Bookshark Language Arts this year. This has been the best decision ever. We love how everything ties together. I can't tell you how grateful I am for Bookshark. We are looking forward to adding more subjects next year. 
And Catherine says, pulling my kids out of public school and getting Bookshark's full program saved our sanity. It was the best parenting decision we have made. We are so much happier now versus the kids staring lifelessly at screens all day. The open and go component and high quality literature for science, history, and language arts is amazing. Yes, and we've seen this ourselves with families that we recommended Bookshark to. Their kids were having such a hard time with distance learning and they made the switch. And they love it. So if you want to see if Bookshark is the best fit for your family, like it has been for these moms, then visit bookshark.com to get that free catalog and then add slash freebies to get free unit studies. Welcome back. Today we're talking about homeschool myths. Before we get into debunking these misconceptions and myths, so I just want to take some time to thank our listeners. I know Didi and I are so grateful for you listening to us here right now, and we appreciate you. We just want to encourage you that if you have been inspired or encouraged in any way by this podcast, would you consider writing us a review? Would you consider sharing it with a friend? We would love it. And don't forget to subscribe because if you do, you won't miss any of the episodes. All right, so let's get to our weekly reflection first, though. Didi, what do you have for us today? Well, this week I came across the saying, it goes like this. The most important work you will ever do will be within the walls of your own home. Oh, so good. Isn't it? Because, you know, parenting is... I mean, it's the, probably the most challenging job that we'll do. And then, you know, homeschooling is an extension of that parenting. Yeah. And to be able to spend the time with your children, disciple them and train them and nurture, you know, that relationship is so, so special. And I just love the idea that, the service that we do to our families and in our home is going to have lasting results. Yeah, that's so important, especially in a culture where, man, we just want to do it all, don't we? Mm-hmm. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just, it's not really realistic. And also, our culture doesn't celebrate, I don't think, maybe it's getting better for sure, but parenting and being in the home as much as like being this boss career woman, you know? Mm. Um, and I I would be lying if I didn't say that sometimes I feel, you know, not ashamed because I, I know why I'm doing this and I love it, but people do shame me for being a stay-at-home mom, you mm-hmm. know, or, or for being just a quote-unquote housewife, you know? It's not a very fancy title, Um, but I'm confident and I fully agree with this quote about how I'm doing the most important work, at least in my book, at Mm -hmm. least in my mind. And so that's a great reflection, Didi. We want to encourage you guys with this reflection because you are doing important work. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yes, that's so true. And I'm reading this book again, Madam Chic. And it's all about um, the author traveling to Paris for um, 
an exchange program. So six months she lived with this family and she refers to the couple that hosted her as Madame Chic and Monsieur Chic. <laughs> and she talks about Madame Chic and how she served her family these three-course dinners wow. every night on the fine china, dressed up. Wow. She worked full-time job. And she did it with care and love yeah. in the way that she served her family. And I think sometimes it's easy to just, oh, here you go. Yeah. You know, and not, not serve them out of like love and grace, but getting done what we have to get done, yeah. you know? And so I was really, in, I've been really inspired by this book and just knowing that it's possible yeah. To enjoy life and to treasure your family and and put value on your appearance and the way that you eat and enjoying the things that you yeah. have available to you and not taking it all for granted. That's so good. But that'll only come if you feel like it's an honorable position. Right. right? Yeah. Right. Otherwise, you're like, eh. I mean, I got to say, I got to admit, I've become such an throw in the instant pot. Here you go. <laughs> Here's your bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your gruel. <laughs> I mean, I make really good food, but I have, you know, I don't serve it on fine china. In fact, I just bought a big, huge stack of paper plates for the summer. <laughs> not chic at all, but it's all right. <laughs> well, it's not written anywhere that we have to tr do it perfectly. Right. But I think it's our heart and our attitude that matters much more than what utensils we use. Agreed. Well, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. If you have a reflection or an aha moment, a quote that has inspired you in your homeschool journey, write to us at bookshark.com slash podcast. All right. Well, let's get to debunking these myths, shall we? Yes. We're going to be the myth busters right now. Number one, we said you as a parent aren't qualified to teach your children. Why is this a myth? Well, because you've been teaching your children from day one. That's right. You are a teacher. Who was the one that taught them how to potty, <laughs> eat? Everything. <laughs> Get dressed? Yeah. Well, we forget that no matter whether we're intentional about it or not, our kids are learning from us. Yes. All the time. So you are the most influential person for your kids during the whole time they're at your house. And you're teaching your kids not just what's in the curriculum. You're modeling a learner, a lifestyle of learning. You're modeling to them how to live, how to respect people, how to get along with in relationships. All of these things are learning, are teaching. It's modeling. It's life. Yeah. Well, and we're going to go back to the thing that we always say. Homeschooling and parenting are not mutually exclusive. It goes together. And really, the hard part about homeschooling is the character building, mm -hmm. is what you're doing already in parenting, right? So it's the, how do I fight these pushbacks? How do I guide them into better attitudes? How do I encourage them? How do I inspire them? That's what's hard about homeschooling. And you're doing that already as a parent. The academic stuff comes with curriculum. And you know what? That's why like we love Bookshark, because you open... And it tells you exactly what to do. And you're going to look like the most intelligent teacher ever. Hey. <laughs> and I've even had some of like like my charter school. Um, I was trying to get the Bookshark approved for my daughter's high school. 
Because, yeah. you know, high school is a whole different ball game. It has to be approved. And they were like, well, this is better than anything we offer. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, thumbs up, Bookshark. Also, another thing is that we don't realize that we're not always the ones teaching our kids. There are great online classes, enrichment classes, co-ops come together, parents share their skills. There are a lot of moms out there that are certified teachers that are homeschooling, and they can share a lot of skills with us. You know, you're a great scientist and you're great at math, and so I rely on you a lot on that. And that's what people don't understand is that when you build community in homeschooling, you don't have to do it all. And your village is probably way more qualified than any teacher with a certification. Mm-hmm. Which takes us to myth number two. Homeschool kids don't get as good of an education as traditional school. <laughs> Come How on. How dare they? Well, I mean, like you're saying, that's a rich education. When you have your community pouring into your kids, teaching them what they know from life, that is so, so valuable. And homeschool kids... We get to do so many more field trips and hands-on learning that you just don't get from the books and the classroom. Really being able to experience what you're learning is huge. Well, you and I were talking yesterday about how um, we feel really relaxed this year. Like the curriculum that we did kind of lent toward that a lot more exploration and thinking and chewing on stuff and discussing. And we did a lot less busy work. But man, did we learn. Yeah. This year was such a great learning year. And I was just talking to a group of women yesterday, and they were talking about how much they hated history. And I'm thinking, wow, yeah, that's because it was taught to you in a in a weird way. I mean, really, that's the way it is. It's, it's fragmented. It doesn't connect to your life at all. Right. And again, this is where we go. It's not about the academics. It's about the attitude and the character building. And when you are homeschooling, you are teaching, like you mentioned before, how to love learning. And when you learn how to learn, guess what? The education that they're going to get is limitless. I mean, they're going to keep learning throughout their whole lives. Yeah. And that's what makes a rich education. And just speaking about history, because Bookshark uses history as a spine for a lot of the levels, and you get such a big picture of history when you've studied it all through junior high into high school in a chronological and orderly way so that it's not this isolated class that has no reality Right, it no doesn't fit anywhere into your reality. Yeah, and that's the way high school was taught when I was in school. I didn't understand how it related to my life or anything else I've learned. Right. Yeah. So homeschool has redeemed this for us. Well, there's a great quote that says, "Homeschool allows you the freedom to step off the highway of learning and take a more scenic route along the dirt road." Mm. Right. You're not in this like belt. Or what do you call it? Conveyor belt. Yeah. You're not on this conveyor belt of education, right? Yes. Where everybody's the same. No, no. You are taking the scenic route. You're learning the way you learn. You're homeschooling your way, guys. Yes. That's what makes homeschooling so special. Well, and I have fallen in love with historical fiction and, I mean, movies too, that go along with what we're studying. And Bookshark does such a great job of putting these books together. So- 
literally on the scenic route, yes. right? And the dirt roads of history with these characters who are living in the time period and the countries that we're studying about. It's just, can you tell that we're excited? <laughs> Well, let's move on to debunking myth number three. Homeschoolers have a hard time getting into college. Mm-hmm. Nope. This is actually not true at all. We just read the statistic, remember? Yeah. Actually, 35 to 40% of students that are homeschooled do way better than traditionally homeschooled kids on their like SATs mm-hmm. and entrance exams and stuff like that. Well, and I've heard that colleges want the homeschooled kids yeah. because they perform so much better when they get into classrooms. They're not intimidated by papers. They write well. They're articulate. They're mannerable. They communicate. All of these things came because they were being homeschooled and they had the opportunity to develop these skills yeah. in a one-on-one you know, scenario. Well, and I've had the honor of meeting a bunch of homeschoolers that are now adults, Mm -hmm. some of them university professors, Mm -hmm. and um, just all kinds of different adults. And I love talking to them and picking their brain. And they're all like, oh, yeah, I did great in college. Yeah, it was no problem to get into college. Yeah, my professors loved me. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And law school students, uh, any, any from military to artists to everything. And you just see how you can't fit these homeschoolers in a box. Well, college is very different from traditional school. Mm -hmm. So you have to be self-motivated. You have to be able to work on stuff and meet those deadlines on your own. There's no homework given to you for the most part. You don't get a homework assignment so that it will help you study like they give you in, in traditional school. You have to be able to study the material and get it done. And in homeschool, I feel like, We are training the kids from elementary school, right, to be independent workers, to dive deep into subjects, to learn on their own, to love learning. And so it's a natural progression into college. Agreed. And it's not just checking off the list, right? Because when you do that, you get into a lot of like cheating and, oh, I'm just going to cram so I can take this test. And then you don't realize that you're missing out on skill building for your future. Right. For homeschool is learning for the love of learning, not for a test. Yeah. So there's a whole different idea when you're approaching a college course to learn the subject versus getting past that class, getting an A on the test. Yeah. That's a very different approach. Yeah. Fully agree. Myth number four was homeschool kids miss out on sports and other important school activities, social activities. Yeah. Well, this can be debunked easily. First of all, there are a lot of states that actually allow you to enroll your kids in like your local school uh, sports. They don't have that in California, but they do have it in other states. Yes, I've heard. And in California, we have these things called charter schools, which I mean, are also in other states, (laughs) but um, they're really big in California. And we are part of one and our kids get all kinds of sports. Yeah, they get all kinds of social activities as well as learning um, enrichment classes. And so they get the arts, they get the social activities, and they get graduations and the spelling bee and different things like that that, you know, you don't get necessarily on your own. Well, and here's another thing. Even on your own, I've heard of people signing up. There's like homeschool proms and homeschool 
uh, graduation parties that they can do. I mean, we've done our own little graduation parties with our co-op, which mm-hmm. have been amazing. But here's the deal that people don't think about. I'm from Mexico City. I didn't go to high school in the United States. I didn't have a prom. <laughs> I didn't have all these sports that I was involved in. And you know what? I loved my life. <laughs> and so we we just sometimes think so United States and we don't realize that the rest of the world doesn't have a lot of this stuff and they're fine, you know? Right. And of course, if you want if this is really important for you, then you can create it. But I never had those Believe me, I always dreamt of having those long hallways with lockers and I would do, I never had any of that because it just didn't blend itself to that. The school I went to didn't have that. Um, And I had a great education and a great experience. And it doesn't mean you have to have everything that you see in the movies or everything that you think is important for their life, but you can create it if you wanted to. (laughs) That's so funny. You know, we don't have that in California either, because in the movies, they always have these indoor schools, and yeah. our schools are all outdoor. Yeah. And they always get the top locker. Have you noticed that? <laughs> you, they never get the bottom locker. Right. Well, and actually, our school got a new campus when I went into ninth grade, and they did away with lockers. Oh, there so, you go. There I don't know. you go. I mean, I talk about lockers because that's my own little weird thing that I'm sure that's not important to a lot of people. <laughs> no, I think it is important to a lot of people. Well, high school movies, the locker conversation. That's where everything is, happens. Yes, that's practically the, the water cooler of high school. <laughs> but there's also club sports. I didn't want to not say that because club sports are a great option. Oh, yeah. And there's clubs for everything. You're not totally on your own when you're a homeschooler, right? You can get involved in the things that your kids are interested in. Absolutely. And prom, you can go to your cousin's prom or to your friend's prom, right? You're invited. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) There you go. Problem solved. Number five, homeschool kids are sheltered and unsocialized and weird. Yeah, I'm surprised that this is still a myth, actually. Yeah. Uh, Because homeschool is so much more popular now that it seems weird that people still would not have encountered a pretty cool homeschooler before. But like you said, there's so many adults that have been homeschooled that we know that are awesome human beings. And, you know, our kids are not just... Uh, social. They are social butterflies. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that that exists more in like the older generation, like our generation maybe still thinks that because the younger kids, they have like Billie Eilish <laughs> to look up to. Right. And they're seeing how awesome, you know, she is as far as the music she writes and all these Grammys that she won. And so they're like, oh, wait, homeschooling is kind of cool, you know. Um, and I see that, too, in uh, when I whenever my kids meet up with friends, they're always like, oh, you're so lucky. That's so awesome. And, you know, I've never heard anybody tell me that my kids are weird. Like, I've always heard the opposite of, can I send my kids to your house so that you can homeschool them? That's what I hear from people. Yeah. Well, because our kids are used to interacting with uh, kids of various age groups. They're used to interacting with adults and having conversations, yeah. and you're, they're not stuck in a room with only kids their own age. And so that's true socialization, when you're able to socialize with people outside of your own demographic. 
Absolutely. And yeah, your kids can end up being sheltered and weird if you raise them up that way, but that can happen even if they go to regular school. Yes. Right? And so it it just depends on whether you're constantly working on their social skills. And social skills don't mean, yeah, I know how to tell you off on the playground. And then when we're at a family dinner, I'm just going to be on my phone the whole time, which is what I see a lot. And I don't see that in our kids, which I'm really grateful for. But again, that came with a lot of work mm-hmm. of teaching manners, teaching character building, teaching them to be comfortable around people, like you said, that are, aren't in their um, age demographic. And, and that work is able to be done when you're homeschooling because it takes time. A lot of time. And we're with them, you know, all day. Yeah. So it's a lot different. Myth number six was homeschooling is too expensive. And, you know, this myth uh, can be true if you got the money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and a lot of times we think we need a homeschool room. We got to set up our nice little classroom. You know, there's so many beautiful schools on Pinterest and on Instagram Mm -hmm. and stuff. You don't need any of that. It's nice to have because it's nice like a storage room. But basically, that's what my homeschool room is being used at right now is a a storage room because they want to homeschool on the couch. They want to homeschool on a table. They want to homeschool in their rooms now as they're getting older. So you don't need that. I agree. This year, our homeschool room is pretty much the place where all the homeschool stuff (laughs) is, not the homeschooled people. But as you homeschool each year, you accumulate a lot of books and stuff. But the, the thing is, you can spend as much or as little as you want. Yeah. Absolutely. There's there's things like the 99 cent store has a lot of great stuff. Walmart has a lot of great stuff. Um, you can do curriculum swaps. Well, you can sell your curriculum and then buy a new one. Yes. And so many families take advantage of that. And you can homeschool your kids together. Yeah. So even with a, even a large age gap, the kids can be learning together history and science. And then you just have math where maybe they're separate and language arts, but that saves so much money. You're only buying one set of reader read alouds and you know, you're not buying an individual set for each child. Yeah. Well, and I mentioned in the previous segment that I was spending a lot of money on books and Kindle and stuff. And that's mainly because the libraries have been closed for a long time. Because before we used to go every week and my son would just pick out a book mm-hmm. and that's what we would do. And it's harder to find, you know, ebooks um, on the library that go right into our Kindle. But, um, you know, now that libraries are opening back up, we're going to be back there and we're going to be getting books that way. Take advantage of of that. I mean, we talked about tax dollars, you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, your tax dollars are going to these libraries. Take advantage of it. Yes, absolutely. And homeschool parents, they're the best. And I have not met a homeschool mom who wasn't willing to share and to give you advice and tips. And so, homeschool in community. And that's where you're going to find all the homeschool swaps and what people are using and how they're able to homeschool on a budget and make things happen. Yes, there are a lot of really creative YouTubers out there that have full videos on this. It's amazing. And I know Bookshark has blogs also about, you know, how to homeschool in your budget. Yes. 
Well, we hope that this episode has encouraged you. I know we got really passionate about homeschooling on this episode because we love it so much and we don't want those myths to stop you from making a decision to homeschool your kids. Yeah, now you can put these misconceptions aside and make an educated decision that works for you because after all, it's homeschooling your way that's gonna make homeschooling special. As always, thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com slash podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.